0: Welcome to the Banyan Edge podcast. Here's your host, Charles Sizemore. Welcome. If you've been following the Banyan Edge podcast for any length of time now, you know that the firing of China, this reordering of the world supply chains has been a major theme we've been following for over a year now. This is something we intend to be following for several years to come. In fact, as, as they say, Rome was not built in a day and uh, the world supply chain and infrastructure was also not rebuilt in a day. So to help me unpack all this, I brought on Amber Lancaster. Now, Amber, I know that this is something you've studied in depth with Ian, but I know that much more than that, there's also a biographical angle for you. I know that you have experienced this firsthand. So Mm -hmm. why don't you tell me about that? How have you witnessed this new renaissance in in small town America? And and, uh, just tell us how that went.
1: Of course. So thanks for first of all for having me, Charles. I have to say firsthand, when I was a child, I was born into a a town in New Jersey, and its name is Piscataway. That's my hometown. And in Piscataway, I saw significant investment from corporate companies. And one of these companies was Johnson & Johnson. And as a result, even more technology, science-minded people moved uh, to the town, and it really began to develop and just just really become a, a renaissance era. And well, have- the, the
0: Amber, so like before before Johnson came to town, like, like what what was the what was it like? Like what was it? You know what what was the vibe of the town? What did it look like?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I. Live there. <laughs> yep. Sure. Even before then, my grandmother actually was the first person from our family to I could say settle there, and she purchased her home there in the 1960s from a gentleman who was really into growing uh, just just flowers and vegetables, and he had a greenhouse on his property. So her home was actually a home with a beautiful vegetable garden. Actually, I have a picture I can share with you, Charles. If you like sure. to see it. <laughs> And it was just a, a wonderful place to live. It had like fireflies and beautiful time in the summertime. And she, at some point she had strawberries growing here that were most delicious strawberries. So that was in the, from the 1960s. That, that does look like idyllic
0: 1960s America, doesn't it?
1: Yes, yes. And <laughs> and it was just, uh, uh, we also had dairy farms. I remember, um not cattle, but just like milking cows were there. Um, one development that we lived in, a community had a was backed up to a dairy farm and I had a birthday party one year. I think it was my twelfth birthday party. It was deemed the party of the year. But the kids loved to taunt and 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 the cows on the other side of this fence. So anyway, that was how it was.
0: You guys weren't tipping cows, were you? Because I thought that was something specific to Texas. I thought that was something that naughty Texas children did, not naughty New Jersey children.
1: Yeah, no no tipping cows. Just like, I guess, mooing at them. I don't know what these kids are. I was just looking at it like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But anywho, that's what was happening in in that town at the time. But then, of course, as we mentioned, um, corporates moved in, corporations moved in, and things began to change. And then I say, even for the better, because progress can be good in that case.
0: Well, it 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 can small towns and really big cities for that matter, mm-hmm. communities can get into almost like a stasis where they're just sort of in this this way it's always been. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, you know, you, you end up seeing the same faces, the same people, same mm-hmm. families, multi generational, but nothing really changes. Right. And then you have this event happen that shakes it up. In, in your town's case, Johnson Johnson came to town, mm-hmm. and that that was sort of that that first you know beginning of the snowball, right. And That's then right. once Johnson & Johnson comes to town, well, companies that do business with Johnson & Johnson also come to town. Mm-hmm. And then you have all the service industries that serve the these higher income workers that are coming to town. Yeah. And the next thing you know, everything is booming. And everything. it's funny, I didn't grow up like that, I grew up in Dallas, which was already well established by the time I got there. But by the time I came around, but my mother was from Fort Smith, Arkansas, which is mm-hmm. sort of next door to Bentonville. It's, it's a very short drive to Bentonville. Okay, Bentonville is of course famous because that is the headquarters of Walmart.
1: Mm, of course, don't
0: normally think of you know rural Arkansas as being a place of I don't know great museums and restaurants and culture and all that. You think that's more of the domain of cities. But what happened as Walmart continued to grow and grow and grow, bring in new talent, bring in you know higher paid workers, all of these you know ancillary businesses that that serve that clientele came with it. And today, as crazy as this sounds, Bentonville, Arkansas actually has a lot of culture. It actually has really nice high end restaurants. Art galleries and everything else, stuff you would not necessarily expect to see in a small town, but when you've had this infusion of big corporate money coming to town, it it, it transformed things. It's, you know, it's actually a pretty cool place to live now.
1: It's a, 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 I can imagine just a, a very immersed in community full of all kind of culture. So I agree with that, and that's what I witnessed in Piscataway. And I have another, I have some another photo I can share with you, Charles. This is Johnson and Johnson's campus in Piscataway. Uh, when the when the tech firms moved in, not just Johnson Johnson, but other pharmaceutical firms moved in. We just noticed a noticeable transition began. And what happened later on is that Piscataway, which is this, is like an aerial shot actually has been named by Money Magazine now in 2008, 2010, 2014, and 2019 as one of the best places to live in the United States. So that's just thanks to to innovation and progress happening in the town. That's what can happen. It's like the
0: best of small town life, but with big city money, essentially. (laughs) Something like that.
1: That's a powerful combination. And where J&J was concerned, we actually did some research When they set up shop in in my hometown, it was all part of its overall growth uh, plan. So from the time that I was a child and maybe over the next five years, I can tell you it stopped. Price its stock itself went up one hundred and fifty one percent, and if investors held on on for like ten years, a decade, they would have made four hundred and forty percent. And if they were still holding on to their shares since then, they would have seen gains as much as three thousand five hundred and ninety two percent. And that's why it can be quite profitable to pay attention, pay attention to what's happening in places like my hometown, your hometown. It's just something a phenomenon can arise from that.
0: You know, it's funny for. Our entire lifetimes, Mm -hmm. the narrative you've always heard is that small-town America was dying. You know, Mm the days were behind it, the factories were closing, and those jobs had been shipped overseas. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that was untrue. And for the most part, that that was true. Like, that was the trend for the, really, since the 1970s. It was, um, you know, small-towns were really suffering as a whole, and the growth, the opportunities were more in larger cities. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting that we've had sort of these overlapping trends that have shaken us out of, of, of that, that stasis, or shaken us out of that trend. Mm-hmm. This is something that, that you and Ian have both written about ex- it's extensively over the last year. Mm-hmm. Ian really sort of lit the fire when he wrote that piece last year about firing China, about how Uncle Sam was cutting China out. How it was, And for a number of reasons, part of it was national security, part of it was supply chain security, you know, following you know, the experience of COVID, right. part of it was just wanting to create jobs at home, but all of that created this spark where you had vast amounts of federal money for the first time, I believe in my life, <laughs> I believe the first time since I've been on this earth, you've seen real investment by the federal government in small towns. Yes. But that's it. and what was the numbers? About 1.5 trillion, right?
1: About 1.4 trillion, 1.5 trillion dollars is said to be in yeah. it's a huge number.
0: It is a huge number. A, a trillion is still a big number is even though it seems like our government does throw that around a lot, but it 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 is it's still a big number. But that's really only the tip of the iceberg here. Uh, you can tell I'm kind of hot and sweaty because I keep talking about snowballs and, 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 and icebergs and things that are cold. I think this must be subliminal here. But okay. anyway, uh, it, the, the tip of the iceberg is that initial federal investment. Yes. but That's just the start because that gets things rolling. That creates you know tax incentives for companies to set up shop. It creates the structure for companies to set up shop but then the corporate money follows and that's when the real boom happens. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is we're still in the very, 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 very early stages of this. It, the ink is barely dry on the legislation that created this. It's The money hasn't really even started flowing yet. It's just the promise that it will that's already getting that ball rolling with the uh, the corporations. And I know this is uh, particularly true of certain industries such as, and I know you have a lot to say about that.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. I can tell you that Ian and the team, we have actually took a behind the scenes look. And in particular, it's a small town that we're watching in middle America. And what we have learned is that the biggest investors right now in the world are very interested in what's happening there. And the last time something really of this magnitude happened, I'm going to share my screen again because I always have some charts to share. You do? Yeah, the last time something of this magnitude happened uh, really was over 50 years ago. And it was in a small town that is now famously known as Silicon Valley. Now, technology companies that are now household names uh, that generate, they actually generated gains over 200%, 500%. 2,000%, 2,000%, even 3,500%, all in the span of 60 months. And it happened in Silicon Valley, right here, where 117,000 new jobs were created and went on to become one of the richest uh, areas in the U.S. with 74 billionaires and over 76,000 millionaires falling Richest.
0: Home. I mean, it's still the world's hotbed for tech innovation. And 50 years ago, it was nowhere's gore. California. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's true. it's true, and I believe we had a subscriber actually write into to us. We were asking our our, our, our members of of Ian Services, where are you from? And I and, and a person wrote in from Silicon Valley, and he was he's been there since the beginning, before it became the mecca that it is now for technology, and he's he's still when, there. When it was
0: just a valley, it wasn't Silicon Valley.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly, just a valley, not Silicon. I love that. And so what's happening is we're seeing a similar opportunity happening right now, as I mentioned, and it's a town in Ohio, and it's a big opportunity right in these residents' backyards. And right now, this town is really flying under the radar, but it might not be that way for long. So Charles, I'm not going to give it all away, but Ian really did a good job in researching this from his perspective, and he uncovered some potential, really, uh, hopefully profitable investment opportunities uh, for Anyone interested in getting in on the ground floor of an innovation investing in a small town feel? And if you want to learn more, you can visit smalltownsbigprofits.com to learn more about that.
0: Smalltownsbigprofits.com. We'll also put that link below just to make it easy. But yeah, smalltownsbigprofits.com, great place to start. One thing I would really drive home here is that this is not something that's sort of one and done. This is not like, oh, hey, great. There's, you know, built a new factory and and that's, it's over. No, that's just the beginning. As you saw in the case of your hometown, as I saw in the case of, you know, my, my grandparents' neck of the woods in Bentonville, Arkansas, it's just the beginning. Uh, you start with that initial spark and then all of this, you know, the rest of the supply chain follows, right? The re- the rest of their their, both their competitors and the companies they work with both end up coming to town too. it becomes a hub. And then beyond that, you have booms in pretty much everything else. You have new roads that have to be built. Yes. You have new schools that have to be built. You have massive amounts of new neighborhoods, entire new neighborhoods have to be built to accommodate the growth. Then you have um, you know re- restaurants, um, entertainment things that, that, that come to town as well all of that is a multi-decade project that does not happen overnight. So when these companies come town, they are planning to stay there for a while. This is an open-ended deal. This is not something that they're looking to do for a few years in veil. They're making major investments and this entire sort of ecosystem grows around it. So this is something that we're identifying it now because we're still in the very early stages of it, but this is something that has years, if not multiple decades to run. So getting invested early, getting you know part of this process early while it's still mostly under the radar, while no one else is really talking about it, that is a really big deal.
1: It's a, it's a, a massive deal. And we found three companies that could uh, really be beneficial to this. So uh, tune in to Small Towns Big Profits to get those tickers. All
0: right. Well, we can leave it at that. We've we've teed it up for them. They just have to go and uh you know, not not knock that ball off the tee. So one more time just in case they didn't get the uh the URL before.
1: Yep. Smalltownsbigprofits.com.
0: Smalltownsbigprofits.com. Very good. Well Amber, thanks for joining me.
1: You're welcome, Charles. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure.
0: Always. And to our viewers out there, thanks for tuning in and until next time, go out and make yourself some money.